From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 394. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hello, Mike. I'm not Russian. Uh, sorry, I'm Russian. I'm not wasting any time today because I expect the majority of the audience want to know what we think about Retro 51 shutting down because that is the news that came in over the wire last night from the Retro 51 blog. I want to read a quote from the open letter from the Retro 51 team. With the new year and the new decade, it's also time for something new for a handful of the Retro 51 team, retirement. Retro 51, as you know, will be making some changes and going on a sabbatical. What does this mean? We are still trying to figure it out, but there is a potential for new ownership. or Retro could come back of a new business plan that we feel will thrive in the ever-changing retail market. It is also possible that the Retro 51 brand will be retired. So that's where we are right now. Uh, what is it? By the end of March, there will be no more products made. Is that correct? Right. I mean, they have a they have further plans through July, June, July. Right. Pull up the site, but um, just that paragraph alone is a lot to take in. There's a right? lot of things happening there. <clears throat> so with the, with we don't get this type of news in our little realm of the world. You know, companies come and go, mm-hmm. stores open, stores close, but to have just such a, a like just an, a core company in like the things that we use and believe in and enjoy and have fun with um, to drop kind of this out of nowhere. I like, don't this is remember... something you see like in the tech, in the tech yes. <laughs> blogosphere. Right? I don't this is a... remember Brad ever being surprised about a company closure that I've heard about before, you know, like mm-hmm. you can kind of either, you know, it's coming or when you hear it, you're like, uh, you know what? That kind of makes sense. Like maybe things weren't going so well for them. You know, or like, oh, they haven't been too relevant recently. Mm-hmm. But on from the outside, there is no reason why Retro 51 would be going away. Because like from the outside, they seem very successful, right? Like mm-hmm. every pen that they sell that has a limited edition will sell out, right? And you would assume that if you're running your business correctly, that would mean that you are turning a profit, right? Because you would be aware of that but what it seems is just that and it's kind of an interesting thing a bunch of the team are just they've 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 finished like they're done they want to retire um which is a perfectly valid thing to want to do but then there are a bunch of questions yeah so i mean i have a little bit of an insight of the structure of the retro 51 the owner is an older gentleman. He's his name's George. He's very quiet. He's very like behind the scenes. He came from successful businesses before Retro Fifty One to before founding Retro Fifty One, and he's just like the private owner of the company. And over all the years that we've worked with them, and I've been a fan of the brand. I've met him in person once. He's written me a couple of letters, and we've had a phone call for him. He's always just been like super thankful for mm-hmm. you know what we say about the brand like he just wanted to reach out and say thanks but i never work with him right like i work with a lot of people a lot of different companies but um as the owner of retro 51 i never work with him um some of the people i did work with had been there for 20 plus years and they'd been you know retiring and george is you know he's not like crazy old but you know he's an older gentleman i'm sure he's ready to wind it down and had a successful business life right yeah he's he's had a very good life you would assume yep and uh, I know some of the employees that I work with had been there for 20 plus years and they were retiring too, you know, and <clears throat> I guess it was just one of those things that was time. So um, I first kind of got wind of it last week when I was talking with them about some upcoming projects because I always do stuff with them and we're going to talk more about that in a minute. And, you know, my normal contact there was like, hey, this all sounds awesome. Um, we got some things coming out next week. So let's let's get back together next week. So just hang tight about a week and we'll uh, we'll talk again. Then let's set up a call. I'm like, OK, that's cool. It's like I didn't think too much about it because when I've shipped designs to them before, they've held me off because we've come close to like similar designs in the past right so well, they like, have a pipeline right they, and they yeah get stuff out and then yeah right so their pipeline's pretty long like they know like the rest the rest of their time you know the next six months or so they know what's coming out so they'll say oh we have this announcement coming and uh, just hang tight on that design or whatever and so i didn't think too much about it and then i went to the philadelphia pin show 
And some of my friends in the business started asking me what I knew. And I'm like, huh, that email just became a lot more interesting. And so I talked to a couple of people this weekend. They were under the same impression that I was, that something was coming. And that's probably what it was, that they were just going to close down. But the the weird thing was, was it just going to shut down, like, you know, go off into retirement and you know, sunset the company, were they going to sell the company or what was actually going to happen? And this letter didn't really clear that up. The way I read this, and I would wager you read it the same way, is I just think they're done. Like, I think they're just like going to finish out the rest of this year, unload all their, you know, finish all their current projects and then just, uh, hang a sign on the door and said, say, you know, thanks. Thanks yeah. for everything. Like and, the, the yeah. idea of saying that you're retiring and then saying retro could come back of a new business plan that we feel will thrive. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? Like those right. two things don't seem to make sense. Like the people that are retiring are surely not going to go away and retool and, and come back. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that just seems very right. unlikely. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the thing for me is like, it just seems so interesting to just do this. Like this is what you do. I mean, if if you've prattled of your thing and you don't want it to be ruined by somebody else, then yeah, like I get it, like close mm-hmm. it down. But this is a brand which has value, and if you just want to retire, then maybe there's some benefit in trying to sell that or license that brand and the intellectual property to somebody who can carry it on, so you make more money but maybe if that's not your you know if that's not what you want like if you don't care about the money but you care about your legacy right then maybe you don't want to sell it the reason i'm saying this is because i'm desperately interested in seeing how much it will cost to buy this company totally i would think we both are yeah um and that's what i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around you know like i get exactly what you said you know if you built this company out how long have they been around it's got to be 20 between 20 and 30 years i'm guessing yeah um you know, and they're a well-liked, well-respected, um, you know, there's value in selling the company, even if we don't know the business side of it, you know, could they be, you know, is there debt? Like they talk about the ever-changing retail and mm-hmm. retail market, you know, is are they not making a profit anymore because of, you know, whatever goes on, you know, on the backside that none of us know about. Um, but the value in just their design catalog has to be immense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... And their licensing. Um, and I would think, if nothing else, like sell sell it off and then be done with it, right? Like you don't have to sell it and be part of it for the next three years. You know, you could just sell it off and say, we're out. And I would think they would have suitors lined up at the door. Oh, I mean, let's be real. Like if they were thinking about selling this, or probably right now, they're, I'm sure they're having to bat away people with sticks. Like, Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Brad and Mike over here who want to buy Retro Fifty One will probably be at the back of the line. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, I, it is something like I know it's just like maybe a super th- weird thing to be talking about in public. But like, right? I would one hundred percent consider this if I could oh, yeah. afford it, right? Or if sure. we could afford it, because I have a little experience with making things now. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have way more than me. Mm-hmm. Owning a brand like this. If you know, if we could find a way to get the products made, like I know I could sell them. I think that's the least of the worries. Yeah, is actually getting it made. Yeah. So now, I mean, you know, they like I, I keep coming back to the ever changing retail market with the new business plan statement in here, but it just tells me that like it's tight, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there would be changes, but maybe they're just not willing to make those. Maybe those changes they feel like wouldn't add value to the brand. Like if you have to have a 50% price increase. Yeah. Or it might be the case of like the company can't be run at the size that it's at and they don't want to change that. But like a four person outfit might be significantly different to a 15 person outfit as to what the company can afford. And or like if you, if your entire income wasn't based on this brand, right? Like, right. imagine a world in which the Pan Attic podcast owns the Retro 51, right? Like, we right. don't, not all of our income would be based on 
selling these pens because we both have many other businesses right and that like we could maybe make a much smaller profit right and it still makes sense for us this is a super weird conversation to be having in public but like it's just like something that's been batting around in my head of like if they want to sell this brand and they want a good suitor for it there is no one better than me and Brad, right? Like, right, right, right. I could, Brad, I could finally become the spokesperson I've always wanted to be. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. You could finally become the spokesperson for Retro 51. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I, I would be hard-pressed to find any suitors, better suitors than than us to, to carry on the brand. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the problem is, you know, it's at a different scale, I think, from if they were the... Re- retirement being zero and you know the the selling it to someone else is going to carry on the brand being a hundred like we're down in like the the 20 or like range right like there's as far as like who would be able to operate a business this size we we would only be be able to uh take over something like this because they they want people they can trust not the highest bidder right because we would not be the highest bidder exactly exactly but if the if the thinking is like oh i want someone to to give the keys to that will run the kingdom well right like, with respect you know right. we are we are those people but right, right. but anyway this it's, is this it's is worth finding out an answer to at yeah, least i would love to know if anybody out there uh, at retro 51 would like to contact me and brad <laughs> to talk about this would be very very welcome but anyway moving back from this like super weird hypothetical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm really just so sad about this right like you know, I don't know if there are many more people that love Retro 51 and their products more than I do. Like, mm-hmm. I own more Retro 51 pens than I own pens, right? Like, right, over 50% right. of my pen collection is Retro 51s. Like, I absolutely adore the products of this company. And I, do you know, I even I got a new one like yesterday. You know, right. like that, the one that looks like the Great Gatsby that we spoke about yeah. a few weeks ago? Yeah, oh, so good. So I good, have that yeah. one now, too, right? Like, I abs- I'm so sad that there won't be more pens from this company, especially because I never got to make one, <laughs> and we were going to. Yeah, so let me dig into this next paragraph, and then we're going to elaborate on that. Yeah. So um, this is the, the this is the other, the second important paragraph in their um, goodbye letter it says the plan for this year is to stay in business for the next six to nine months as we wind down we will keep inventory of a select product group through march plus we have plans for five to six new proper designs yet to come at the same time retro will be will be working with dealers to produce their own exclusive designs. so 2020 will be filled with several unique and fun retro designs so yeah it sounds like they you have everything in the pipeline is going to continue to come out, but there's probably no new projects in the works, which which makes sense. So we've been talking about our pen addict events for this year since I don't know, Mike and I decided on this probably as early as ever, probably like back in September or so. No, we, we we were gonna do this last year, but Yeah. Uh oh we had a scheduling travel, conflict. Uh, my travel couldn't work out so we didn't do it. Yeah, so what we wanted to do was aside from the Atlanta pin show, go to the Dallas pin show, visit retro 51 and make a retro 51 for backers of the project. So we had that in the plans this year. That's actually why I had been talking with retro 51 recently when all this came out. And now we're not like, I think it's as clear as that. Um, This is the part where I don't know the words to say, because I'm super confused as this just all got finalized yesterday. And now our plans for the Kickstarter, the Retro 51 event, and the Retro 51 design we were going to make for the Kickstarter, which wasn't finished, which so we weren't in the queue. Um, it's now off the table. Yep. So we're starting from zero, and this is where I'm a little bit lost in this whole thing. This is where yesterday's news really messed me up. We are starting from scratch about 10 days to two weeks before we should have the Kickstarter campaign live to make sure that we can get the money in time for April. So we're a bit (laughs) of a loss right now about what we're going to do. And so one of the reasons that one of the many reasons that we wanted to do a retro 51 was so the onus was not on knock this year to produce a reward Mm -hmm. and change it up. 
Yeah, and to do, to do something new, but that was also a thing of like, okay, maybe it's time we start working with other people in the community and we start making other limited edition products, right? Right. And the first of those was, of course, going to be a Retro 51 because mm-hmm. of how much we love that company and how they have been so woven into the history of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just made perfect sense that the first company that we would work with outside of Knock would be Retro 51. But now... Now we don't really, because as well, it wasn't just that we were going to make the pen. We were also hoping to go to their factory and right. like shoot video of making right. it and like behind the scenes at Retro 51 and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So we can't do that now, which makes things very difficult. And uh, much love to Dallas, right? But like that was the reason we were doing the Dallas Pen Show. So that reason has changed now and depending on what we now do for the campaign it puts the second show up in the air again uh, now we haven't this is kind of funny me and brad have not actually really spoken about this yet we were deciding to have some of this conversation on the show today like we've had some mm-hmm. very brief conversations but because this really just all happened last night yeah and so we don't really know what to do so of course we do in atlanta right like that's a lock right but mm-hmm. we now need to decide what we're doing for either the second show or the the physical reward and both, yeah, both. right because <laughs> both. i would love to go to dallas right because i have friends in dallas who i can spend time with and it's like a great reason plus the dallas pen show is a perfect time for me because i'll already be in america for the second annual saint jude podcast-a-thon that's happening. We're doing it again. Uh, but And mm-hmm. like the the Dallas Penn show is basically within a week or two of when I'll be in Memphis. It's like it's perfect, right? I can right. go out for that, jump over, brilliant. And then also there's an added benefit there of it reduces the cost for the podcast-a-thon because I can fly out to America on – I'll already be there, right? And so right. it's like it's it all balances out, right? So it's – so – I don't, we don't know what to do now. So, like, yes, we can do <laughs> Dallas, right? Like, why not? We'd love to. Yeah. But then, what do we do for the for the reward for the campaign? Yeah, yeah. That's what I gotta. That's what I gotta. That's what I gotta work on. So, I mean, it feels to me like da- the Dallas schedule is just so good for what we we'd already made decisions around this schedule, mm-hmm. right? It just really, really works. My money is that we we stick with Dallas because I'm. You know, anything before. We've done D.C. We've done San Francisco. Um, I want to do Chicago, but can't do it this year. Um, yeah. Because Chicago would mean that I have to stay after Atlanta, but I can't this time because I have, yeah. I have, I have something I need to be home for in the middle. Yeah. It's too Plus soon. It's a big it's a big gap this year. Some some yeah. some years are two two weeks between Atlanta and Chicago, and then it works better. Yeah. Um, so now it just the 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 hardest the easiest decision is to stick with Dallas. Um, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'd say that's likely. The I hard decision is now there are other benefits, but yeah. if we then come up with a, a a physical reward which is somehow tied to a place, and that place mm-hmm. has a pen show, right? Like it could change mm-hmm. again, right? Mm-hmm. Because then there's like the video component. Usually, there's like usually a second video, right? And we weren't planning right. on doing a live show in Dallas. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's the way the Dallas show is set up with uh, just a two day show and a long first day. It's really not feasible to have like a a live show starting at 930 at night on a Friday night. And that's kind of our only option. So we were going to forego that in lieu of, you know, making a a little behind the scenes documentary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know. We have, we have a lot of friends in Dallas, a lot of other friends in Texas, um, there's other makers in the area. Like, Maybe this is now like an open challenge to the pen addict <laughs> listenership. Like if you make a thing, contact us, I guess. We've yeah. really lost and we do not have a lot of time yeah. to work out what to do now. Yeah. Well, um, we got we have Tactile Turn. We have our, our buddy Will. Uh-huh. Tactile Turns in Dallas. We have our buddies at Studio Neat down in Austin. I know yep. that's a bit of a bit of a haul, but it's still Texas based, you know. I don't know. 
I don't know. We'll figure it out. But this is <laughs> this part of the show today is me and me and Mike going, I don't know what to do, which is pretty rare for both of us. Yep. <laughs> We're usually pretty good at, at getting things done. And this really threw us for a loop. So it's more um, than just retro 51 news. It's it ha- it's really affecting like yeah. what we're doing. Our plans were for this year. It, it would have been much easier if it would have happened like three or four months ago. Like it would have been like, yes. oh, okay, right. Well, let's get back to the drawing board. Uh, yeah. You know, Brad, do you have any ideas for a product you want to make? And it's like, oh, I've been, but like it's, we don't have any time. Like it's, it's very <laughs> difficult because it's, we have no idea and no time to come up with new ideas. And you know of course we can always run the kickstarter a little bit later but then it's a case of like we we go out of pocket for things which is fine yeah but it becomes much more complicated things just get more and more complicated the later we leave it so mm-hmm. it's best to just take care of it and then it's like what well, oh yeah oh boy what a mess <laughs> but overshadowing all well alongside of all the mess it's just a sense of like loss it's like so weird like it's gonna be weird not having retro in our life Mm -hmm. it's so strange i want i want the company though like that's what i want (laughs) maybe the kickstarter could be us raising the initial capital (laughs) to buy retro 51 oh my god could you imagine (laughs) that would be that would be fun huh make a little documentary about that Founders pack. Oh my god! And like, okay, so before anyone says anything, it's too early for Japan. We're not doing yeah. Japan this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a plan I, for it, Japan. It crossed my it mind. Now. It crossed my mind, but it doesn't yeah. make sense. It's not now. We, we have plans. We've spoken about these plans. I really think that that is 2022. It gives us time, and then yeah. we can do it to celebrate 10 years, and we can do it big style because it's going to cost a lot of money, right? Yeah. So like, that's big style 2022, like. Tokyo but we're not there yet and so yeah I I think that we're still very much focused on Dallas so if you're in Dallas and you're upset because you think we're not going to be there then then we we still might I I think it's still very strong that we'll be in Dallas Mm -hmm. I think and of course like we could do a Kickstarter campaign that's just the video and we would make enough money I know we would but that doesn't feel enough. Oh no, definitely not. You know, like we because, can make a product in time. I mean, we can yeah. always make a knock product. Like, which we can. is fine. Like, I have I have stacks of knock products. I, I was just no trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. I but just want to do. I really I agree want to do something you. different. Like, it, it, you know, we've been doing this campaign. Is this going to be the fifth time? Maybe I, I don't even yeah. know how many times we've done it now. It was would have been a good. It would be like a fun idea to change it up a bit. Um, so, if you're wondering, was the was the Kickstarter campaign? We don't know, uh, yeah. and I guess we'll follow up. Keep over wondering because we are too. But if you have ideas, we want them. Uh, tweet them at us. Email like hello at penaddict dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Mike Dowdyism. Please tweet at us. Let us know your ideas. If you're a company that wants to get involved this time, go for it. We will say you can look at our previous campaigns. You'll make some money, right? Like, so, you know, <laughs> it, it might behoove you to be involved in this project. We need ideas. Uh, we don't really yeah. know where we're going right now. <clears throat> yep. I think I'll, uh, I'll email Will and I'll email Tom and Dan when I'm done yep. or sometime this week and just mm-hmm. say, kind of give them an idea. Good starts. Um, before we continue on, um, I just want to say thank you, Retro Fifty One. It was a joy. I hate that it's goodbye. Maybe it's not. It feels kind of like it is <laughs> with all the retirement talk. It feels I like we're done. I think it's goodbye for Retro Fifty One as we know it because yeah. it just you know and and you know what like go for it right like you right. deserve it. You built an incredible company. No one should have to work forever. Do it. Yep. But yep. like yep. And and I echo Brad like. One of the reasons I'm sitting here right now is because of that company. Like yep. they sparked in me a love of a different kind of design and an individuality, and I absolutely love this company. Like the amount of pens that have been built on the back of this pen is unbelievable. Like there is mm-hmm. an entire industry of pens made around the Schmidt refill now, which nobody would care about if it wasn't for the Retro Fifty One, right? Like that's how people know about that refill is because it's right. used in that pen. You know, like. 
there are so many friends of mine who have said, what pen? Oh, I'm thinking about getting a nice pen. I know you like pens. And I tell them to get the Retro 51, and people still say to me, like, oh, I got one of those retros because of you, and it's so good. And I'm like, I know, because it's a well-made pen with a wonderful refill. So you, as a company, will be, like, devastatingly missed. Uh, yep. So I guess thank you for increasing the value of my collection. Um <laughs> I didn't think about that because until now, people started mentioning that. I was like, oh, well, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Now they won't works. be available anymore. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll all apologize to Schmidt because Schmidt's bottom line's about to <laughs> implode on itself. As they, you know, the, the real losers here are Schmidt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, thank you. And if you want to sell the company to me and Brad, please, you know how to get in touch with us. We'd, we would love to buy your company. Mm-hmm. Not a joke. It, we're being deadly serious like if we can afford it we'll take it and we'll do great things <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by harry's it's a new year get yours started right by switching to harry's harry's knows that a great shave doesn't come from flex balls or heated handles and all that nonsense these are just tactics that brands use to raise prices and they've been doing that for decades razors can be expensive right but at only two dollars per cartridge harry's is also going to save you money all year long harry's is a return to the essential quality craftspersonship at a fair price they combine a single ergonomic design with five sharp blades sourcing their steel from sweden they manufacture their blades in a world-class factory in germany this means that they cut out the middleman and ship directly to you saving money hassle and time and harry stands behind the quality of their products of a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee if you don't love your shave let them know and they will give you a full refund you know those wonderful products right brad i do i mean did you see how good i looked in philly this uh past weekend oh no you didn't because you weren't at there. the philly but i show, feel like but... just for your images i could smell how great you mm, looked right right mm. You could smell how great I look. That's, yep. that's really uh, interesting. That's what Harry's does. That, but yeah. that's what it is, right? You it see, goes you see completely how good the internet. that Brad looks and you can smell the great smell. <laughs> you it. know me, all the great looks. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, Harry, Harry's razor travels in my Harry's dop kit with my Harry's uh, hair paste and my Harry's uh, shave cream. So yeah, I'm all Harry's up. Big Harry boy over here. Mm-hmm. You're a big Harry boy and not a big Harry boy because you use <laughs> Harry's. They right. could, you can take that one, Harry's. That's on you. That's uh, on they us. have a special offer for listeners of this show. New customers can get $5 off a trial set right now at harrys.com slash penaddict. You'll get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foam shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover as well. So join the millions of people who have already switched to Harry's by going to harrys.com slash penaddict to claim your offer right now. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so I was actually for real, Mike, at the Philadelphia Pen Show this past weekend. It was a trip for me to go to a pen show and not actually have to work. So, no knock booth, no pen act events, no mic there annoying me the mm-hmm. whole time. Oh, yeah, Getting that too. Nerves, like needing no. help of everything. No, no, you're more of a help that to me than okay. anything else. But yeah, it was a. Um, it was a it was a chill time for me, or planned to be, and it turned out that it was. I think Philadelphia might be the kind of perfect f- pen show for first time attendees and experienced users. It kind of has enough stuff for everybody, but not too much to be overwhelming. Like walking into the DC pen show for your first time, yep. would be um, the hotel was great. You know, it was in the the show floor was essentially in two kind of, you know, conference room ballrooms, one large, one uh, small to medium size. I'd say it's uh, you haven't been to Raleigh, but I'd say it's maybe just a tick smaller than Atlanta. Okay. Uh, Seem like, but but still like pretty good and really good crowds. Very busy. Um, the the hotel setup itself was awesome. They had big huge sprawling bar set up with you know lots of chairs lots of tables to where we could all spread our things around the location of the hotel was smack in the middle of downtown mm-hmm. so we could w- walk everywhere you know to restaurants and you know bars and whatever we wanted to do albeit it was it was freezing and it's yeah. it snowed so we didn't get out too too much but you know like on friday of the show you know, I went into the show, 9 a.m., 
kind of mingled around, saw some stuff, and, you know, spent a few hours talking to everybody and tried not to buy too much, which was a big challenge I'll get to in a minute, and went out for lunch, like physically left the building, the hotel, and walked, you know, five blocks or so and ate lunch. And it was enjoyable. It's like, I never get this experience. <laughs> it was Imagine such a thing. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. Um, and I did that multiple times and left the hotel to do things and go places. And it was super enjoyable. So that's one of the things that I've missed, you know, with working pin shows. Sometimes we'll go out at night. But sometimes I'm just too tired and just want to sit at the hotel and yep. do nothing. It was, I was oddly not tired once this entire show and I stayed up later than I normally do and slept terribly the entire time and was up reasonably early in the morning and it was just such a different physical feeling than working a show even though I walked a lot more and you know was mingling around a lot more I guess it just didn't have that stress of working a table and having to be on and like selling things the whole the whole day like just even like the slowest show working behind the table just exhausts me. Like it's just tiring. And I kept expecting to get tired or something, you know, just while I was walking around the show and seeing everyone and doing everything and, you know, walking around to lunch and things like that. I was never tired. I was like, this is weird. (laughs) So, um, I was shocked at how quickly the time flew by, like the days, like the show hours went by very, very quickly, even though I was like in the room the whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was surprised at just how fast it became, you know, two o'clock, then five o'clock, you know, these, uh, the time just jumped all the way around. That was a new experience. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just great. So I would thoroughly recommend not just the Philly show, but any show where you can like just take advantage of all the cool stuff the hotels have going on. If you're, you know, not everything I'm saying translates if you're just there for the day, right? Or if you already live in the town. But for people who travel to pin shows for multiple days, which looked like a pretty good number at the Philadelphia show, you know, it's so great to take advantage of other things, not at the pin show, which makes your pin show experience even better. Mm-hmm. So I got to see, um, you know, a couple of events that they had at the show. One of the things was Ian Schoen had a shop tour, which, um, you know, he handled that much better than we handled our initial shop tour at Knock all those years ago. <laughs> there was a, a, a sign-up sheet and it closed down, so it didn't get to be too many people. And um, man. Yeah, yeah, but that was fun. Um, I just posted some images up on Instagram this morning, just uh, a few behind-the-scenes shots of Ian giving us a tour. So that was fun. Um, I got to host a table at the Pin Mixer on Saturday night. Usually I host the event, and I'm sending all people around to different tables and doing different things. This time I got to sit at a table and just kind of uh, hold court, and I shared some of my favorite pins. I brought some unique things for uh, unique pins for people to try, like my M90, which is a pin that not everyone gets to see. So I brought those and my Nakayas and my King of Pins and um, my Milky Way. You know, just kind of my favorites or my collection that are the most unique out of all the pins I have. So that was fun. And um, yeah, it was just all around a good time. It was easy. Like, I, it was simple. I enjoyed it. Um, the one thing that I enjoyed the most, I think, was when I did buy stuff, I didn't have to carry around too much because I could just run and drop it off in the hotel room and come right back down. Nice. I was like, oh, you know, usually the underneath side of our table, Full of stuff. <laughs> it's packed with bags oh. and backpacks and, you know, no one takes the time to go bring it up to the room because we're too busy working and it ends up just, just being a catastrophe behind there. And um, it just uh, it worked out so nicely this time. What did you buy then? Um, I bought some things. Of course you did. <laughs> not, not too much. So the buying of things really escalated from the moment I walked in Friday morning because I usually don't have the freedom when I walk into a pen show to go shopping. You know, when I walk into a pen show, I'm setting up a table and I'm getting ready to sell things. This time I walked into a pen show and I was like, oh, I can go do anything. So... I basically just browsed around. I went over to Franklin Kristoff, um, not because I was looking for 
one of the prototypes, but they had a show special ink that I wanted to grab a couple bottles of. Um, so I did that. The problem was I was over there getting the ink that I specifically wanted. I started thinking about, well, I need some things to give away for the blog. I need, you know, probably a pen to just to test out. Let me see what new stuff they have. And this is like 10 minutes after the show's open and, and I'm already like considering spending like, you know, hundreds of dollars. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I see how people get in trouble doing this. See? <laughs> I need to rethink, mm-hmm. <laughs> need to rethink some of the things I say from being on this side of the table at this event. Um, it is super easy to spend all your money in the span of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I bought my two bottles of ink and then I left. Um, and then I went to go see Ian, who was Ian Schoen, just, he was across the room. Um, just to, you know, say, hey, and see see what's going on. And he says, oh, I have something for you. I'm like, great. And then that's when he breaks out the Yovo nib section for the Pocket 6 that I love so much. And I just reviewed, and, you know, I reviewed, I made, in the review, I made a point that it uses um, Bach nibs and nib section fittings, and that I would much prefer Yovo. And he's like, oh, look, here. And he had made a whole tray of like 50 or so to sell to people at the at the event, which I know they got snapped up quickly and he's going to have them yep. online for sale in a month or two. I think he said, um, so I was like, well, he's given me this new nib section. I could just put it on the pen I already own. Um, how about I just buy another pen to put it in? Cause that's what you do, right? Like, you yeah. know, if someone gives you a part, you need a new pen to put it in. Well, you don't want to sully the old pen or sully the right. new part, right? You, right, you right, right. So, stuff it, up. so he had all of his, you know, different wild colors that I love so much and you love so much. And yeah, you know, uh, I'm just looking at all this mix and match stuff on the on the table, and I found one that I like. And I was actually trying not to buy it right then. I was like, well, how many of these pens do you have? It's like, oh, just these two. So that's when I decided that I should buy that pen because there's only two of them, and I'll be upset if that one's gone later. So that's one of those situations FOMO. where, yeah, the totally FOMO. But if that's the one I really wanted and there's only two of them, I should buy it now. If there were 10 of them, I could decide later, you know, mm-hmm. shop around, and, you know, there'd probably be some left. So um, that was my second purchase. Well, well, I bought the ink. That was my first pen purchase. And that ended up being the last thing I bought that day because I knew right then, just those two tables, the specter of spending a lot of money at Franklin Kristoff hit me. And then actually buying a pen hit me. And I was like, this could go south pretty fast. Yep. So I spent the rest of my morning just talking to everyone and looking at all the pens. Like I just went table to table looking at all the pens. You know, I got to talk to Ryan Crusack and I got to talk to Matthew Martin and I got to inspect like they each had new stuff to bring. And I saw a bunch of people buying all their stuff and, you know, I got to check out all the great new designs that they had. And I talked to all the, the nib grinders that were there and, you know, they were mostly sold out from the get go and online, um, online signups, which was great for them. So business was good for them. Then I got to see all the retail vendors like Drom Ghouls, you know, who was there, Mike Fountain Pen Hospital. So I got to say hey to Steve, who uh, was such a gracious host to us um, a year ago, year and a half ago. Now when we visited his shop. Um, so, you know, and, you know, my friends from Kenro and Luxury Brands and all the individual sale- sellers like Paul Arano. And um, so I just spent the, that rest of the day just kind of hanging out getting a good idea of what I wanted to buy on Saturday, like what I really wanted to come home with, what I wanted, what I needed, what I was going to use to review, things like that, kind of laying the groundwork for Saturday because that would be my last day um, at the show. So Saturday came and I was back down there at nine o'clock. Like it was really cool to not have to get up too early and worry about making sure I eat before I go work. So I just kind of lingered and got up and was down at the show at nine again franklin christoph had you know i went over to the franklin christoph table again but this time for something specific because the night before in the bar i got to test out their steel flex nib what they just introduced i think in the past month or so so it's like a 25 dollar nib and i got to test it out in the bar the previous night which was great it was a really fun fun bar scene got to hang and test out a bunch of stuff and um, I said I wanted to get one of those, so I got, went over there in the morning, and kind of like Ian Schoen's new section needing a pen, well, that nib needed a pen, Mike, so I bought a Franklin Christoph pen off the 
<laughs> prototype table. <laughs> I bought, you know, the hundred and something dollar pen for what I really wanted was the nib. But I actually have a plan for this. I'm going to give that away, but I'm going to review the nib first. So, but didn't necessarily buy it for me. But again, it was, this was part of my planning, you know, waiting out most of Friday to get the things that I knew I needed on Saturday. So it worked out. So like that was, uh, that was cool. So that was the first thing. And then I knew I wanted some of the new Sailor Manual ink, which um, just launched like in the past few weeks here in the U.S. They're really neat inks, really good colors, um, you know, better price points, better capacities for uh, Sailor inks than some of the recent releases. So I went over to Drum Ghouls and I grabbed like three of those inks and I grabbed like one of the individual Colorverse ink bottles and I'm setting behind the table, setting them up behind the table because I wanted to look at all the pens and stuff. And I'd already looked at all their pens yesterday and they have like, you know, they have everything that I want, right? From your basic pilots and sailors to your, you know, Dana trios and all kinds of crazy expensive stuff. And this one pen popped out to me on the table. I was like, well, that's a big orange pen. And I didn't see that yesterday. And <laughs> you know what that big orange pen was, Mike? <laughs> I think I can guess, my friend. The <laughs> biggest the, orangest pen of all. The biggest orangest pen of all, the Sailor 1911 Royal Tangerine King of Pen. Yeah, boy. Now, you own this pen, and I chose not to buy it last year in Atlanta, right? That's when it launched. Mm-hmm. And you were there, and you bought it immediately. immediately. That was like insta-buy. Like yep. you walked in, walked over to Dan Smith, and came back with the pen. Like done. I knew I wanted it, and I wanted to make sure wanted. I had it. Same reason of you, like you, you were just saying, right? Like, I know I want this pen. I know there's not many of them. I know it's going to be popular. I want it. Mm-hmm. And I passed, you know, just, just having some, try, attempting to have some discretion um, in purchases. And then I kept seeing the pen. I kept trying it. I tried yours, like when we were getting San Francisco. And I was like... I really enjoy this pen, and I think I've even mentioned to you, I was like, yeah, I probably should have bought this pen, and didn't really think too much of it, didn't try to hunt one down, but when one randomly crosses your path like this, and you've been eyeballing it and thinking about it for a while, well, let's just say it came home with me. So, um, I got that, and I took it over to Gina from uh, Custom Nib Studio, who put a stub nib on this pen, and it's just glorious. And apologies to uh, Gina. I, I will now spell her name, her first name right from now on. It's G-E-N-A, not G-I-N-A. Um, thank you for those who corrected me, and my apologies to Gina. But one of the things she did that was pretty cool while I was sitting there, she was um, putting the grind on this king of pen. She had you know one of those little lab racks with the with the plastic vials in it with nibs in them. And they were all pre-ground nibs on Yovo steel nibs. She just basically had pre-ground nibs that you could buy. So I bought one, a broad architect nib to go in the shown design. That's clever. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. idea. I don't know how many she brought with her, but there were only three left on Saturday morning when I was sitting with her and I bought one of them. So I'm sure she sold them all. It was a great idea. So I bought the nib got the nib work done on the King of Pen and picked up an extra nib that I wanted, which is why I like the Yovo nibs because I have so many of them that fit in so many different pens. So um, aside from that, you know, I picked up a couple other things to give away, another shown pen to give away uh, that Ian uh, donated to the cause, which I appreciated. I grabbed an Esterbrook to review uh, from Kenro Industries on loan from them. So, you know, I just picked up some few things like that, mostly for the blog and giveaway purposes. So for me, I bought the, the new shown design pocket six and the King of pen Royal Tangerine. And that was plenty. Sounds like a solid show for you there. It was just fun. Like I, everything about that show is easy, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I'm sure if I was working in it, I'd feel the same. Like the crowds were big, but not overwhelming. The hotel space was great. The location was fantastic. The prices weren't outrageous for hotel rooms. Um, the only real issue is it was so cold outside that the hotel heat was on full blast. So it was extraordinarily hot. Um, the ballrooms right. that we were in were upstairs. Like So yeah. there's like a, a ground level and a mezzanine level. We're in the mezzanine level, so all that heat just rises, and it was pretty stifling. But, you know, all you have to do is run outside for about 30 seconds and have a, you know, 15-degree wind chill, and um, 
that'll that'll cool you right down so um it really wasn't it wasn't too bad but uh it did just like dry me out just like i could not drink enough water it was just kind of kind of stifling from that aspect that like the only negative if the only negative i can say is like the heater was a little aggressive it was a pretty good show yeah that's not bad you can yeah so good crowd good people good attendance just flat out good loved it i would it was a really great way to kick off the pin year like i can kind of slow roll into it Right, you know, where I didn't have to work, but I gotta cut my feet wet and getting back into the show scene, and you know, I'll uh, I'll um, get back into it with uh, Baltimore here in another. I don't know, it's only like five, six weeks away, something like that. So, where I will be working and doing other events, but uh, now I'm ready for it instead of like sweating, sweating the the details of getting to a pen show for the first time and and being anxious. Like I get anxious about that stuff, but uh, this was a good way to get it started. Do you think that you're more likely to attend more pen shows this way? Very more likely. Okay. Like I could see, like I couldn't, I can't do a lot because there's only so much I could travel. Yeah. But I could see either doing something like this show every year being that one or doing maybe up to two per year. You know, that's just kind of the, what I'm playing in my head or at least mixing up one every year to just go travel to, um, because it was such an enjoyable experience. Like, yeah, I, I definitely want to attend at least one show a year where I don't work and can just hang out. And it was just, it was great. It was, it was healthy, healthy for the soul. Speaking of, uh, fancy King of Pen and Pen shows. (laughs) I saw this and I was wondering. So at the San Francisco Pen Show, I... Took a took a walk over to the table of our friend Mr. Jonathan Brooks, and handed him my uh, Pro Gear King of Pen, which was has the Navy grip section and the Navy finials, mm-hmm. and uh, rhodium I think trim. Yeah, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. And I handed it to him, and I said, "I want you to do something to this pen. I don't really know what." He showed me some previous designs. I told him that I liked a honeycomb pattern that he did. And then I put it in his hand, and uh, last week, it came back to me. Uh, Jonathan posted some pictures on his Instagram, which I'll put in the show notes. What he delivered to me was something I never could have expected. It is very beautiful, very subtle. Uh, what Jonathan? Because I when I saw one of the in progress pictures, and Jonathan had painted in a rushi this like gold honeycomb pattern on the clear mm. barrel. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like, I wonder where he's going with this, right? And then what he ended up doing is un- so he's painted these honeycomb patterns in blocks. Kind of, uh, it's not the entire pen isn't pa- you can you can see it in the in progress photos that are on the Instagram posts that I put in. Uh, so they're gold, and then he covered the entire thing in a tamanuri finish, which is like a kind of a deep red. So the pen that I have, at first glance, it looks like it is a dark red semi-demonstrator. But if you then, if you take a look at it, you put it up to light, you see this gold honeycomb pattern shining through. I love it. It is wild looking. Mm-hmm. It is amazing looking. The finish of it, like on the first couple images, looks like it came out the factory that way. Like, yes. the, like the workmanship seems natural, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? 100%. It seems like it was built that way, yep. which just makes it even more stunning to look at. So yeah, I can't wait to... I didn't know if you had it in hand yet. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see that um, in Atlanta when we, when we meet up. So definitely bring that. I'm sure you will. Oh, I'll be bringing it. Because I know people <laughs> will want to see it, and so yeah, this is a this is a very fun, a very special uh, pen that I now own. It's, yeah. And I've uh, I've loaded it with a Bisu Gold, Ooh, like yeah, the Sailor Gold, because there's now like this gold hidden in the pen, and now the ink to match it is gold as well. I love it. Like I already loved this Pro Gear, and now mm-hmm. I love that mine is one of a kind. Yes. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. So yeah, I, I got to figure out like I need to do get some pens like this worked on, you know, get someone to do some make my pens a little mm-hmm. extra like that. So um, I mean, that's, I that's just like that this was a thing that I just handed over. Um, You know, I, I like being able to do that sometimes. Yes. To just be like, you work it out, right? Like yep. this is yours. You're the expert. I don't know what I'm talking about. Give it a go. See what you can do with it. And he did. And it's amazing. 
Well, this next link in the show notes is definitely someone given a go at it. And I've talked about this style of pen before. And this is from Y Studio, where they do the the previous version was almost like a gold leaf addition to the pen. And I don't know why I love this so much, but I do. Like I and I haven't I didn't buy the last one. The last one I think was what is this one called? I don't know. The last one was called like Dragon's Breath or something like this. Um and this one is the calm before the storm. And it's the same kind of technique. The last one was on a rollerball. This one um I think is on a rollerball, but it might come on the fountain pen as well. I'm not so sure, but I can't help but look at these and just see how how stunning they are. And I didn't really include it in the show notes for any other reason, just to say that I'm one of those people who will spend stupid amount of money for like craftsmanship and artwork on like a rollerball pen or a ballpoint pen, mm-hmm. where some people like really wouldn't consider that unless it was a fountain pen. It's like I didn't buy the last one. I probably won't buy this one, but I'm tempted. <laughs> I'm tempted. Um and I also kind of bring this up in conjunction with the next link in our doc, Mike. So the Tokyo Pen Show we're going to, hopefully in a couple of years, they have already been so successful. They're splitting uh, their calendar show calendar year into two shows with the regular show still in that fall time frame and then launching the uh, Japan Premium Pen Show in May, which is a smaller boutique type of pen show with just, you know, a limited amount of vendors, usually kind of high end stuff. And it made me this Y studio pen made me think of, well, that's something I would see at this, the, the premium pen show. So I'll put that link in the show notes. I know we have a few uh, listeners from Japan and I just thought it was worth mentioning since the, the promoters of the Tokyo international pen show, do such a great job and are getting great feedback on their show. I thought people might want to hear about this. And um, so it's just, uh, it's a real, I, click on the link for the hotel. It's like this really nice hotel. Like I think it's going for a little bit different market. That's really not my style. But then I look at things like this, why studio pen was like, yeah, I would totally buy that. And it's such a unique thing. And so I'll be interested to see how the premium pen show, um, goes this uh late this spring just to see like what the feedback is for that and if that more boutique style of pin show works for them um it's it's certainly interesting an interesting idea i am excited about this like i think also i do think that the premium pen show does kind of sound like something that we would enjoy right that like that oh would yeah have a lot of the types of things that we would be interested in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, I mean, it starts off with like, and they they admitted as much like it's at the premium hotel, right? It's like at a $500 a night hotel type of thing, right? It's mm-hmm. made for a certain certain clientele. I would love to attend, uh, just maybe not stay at the hotel or something. I don't know, but maybe it's worthwhile. I, I'm interested to see what the feedback is. Like, did it did it work? Like, did they have the clientele to... Um, to bring in was, you know, would a regular buyer like myself or anyone else, you know, walking in, you know, feel comfortable and, you know, was and seeing enough things or is it just like all craftsmanship and like artisan type stuff, um, which would be great to look at too. So yeah, I think it's interesting, but I think more of a, I think it's more of a sign that the group running that show is doing really good things and getting good feedback enough to where they feel that they could do a yeah, what a did they say they had like the two two thousand people attend yep. the regular the show like that's amazing yep that's pretty crazy pretty crazy um couple more things um did you see the new Lamy safari it's been a couple weeks since we've been able to to share thoughts on products and this came out I don't know, probably after our episode two weeks ago, and we were pre-recorded last week, so we had didn't get to talk about this. So did you see the links that uh, were shared from the new Lamy Safari colors for 2020? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? They look fine. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I was like resounding meh. I'm whelmed, you know. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. Um, they're fine. Like... I'm intrigued to see them in person. I expect they'll be more vibrant than the image yeah. that was sent to us by Calligraphy Nut. Like, yeah, I expect that there's more to them when you see them. Yeah, I do like the um, the the matching color clips and hardware. Yeah, right. That's cool. That's something they haven't done in recent recently for this limited edition. 
set like they're fine like i don't i guess i guess my bigger question is i don't know what i expect from them anymore mm-hmm. like this meets expectations right it's a seven out of ten or whatever you know it's fine it's good like it's going to do really well um i honestly think it'll probably do better than the pastels last year i think the pastels really popped in uh, marketing and PR and imagery and feel a little flat in person. This might be the opposite situation uh, this year. So we'll see. I'm interested to see if they do a limited ink with the mango because they've already done things in aquamarine and violet before, you know, in those ballparks of colors. I'm interested mm-hmm. to see do any of these or all of these get a limited edition color. So I don't know. You know, they'll, they're fine. I'm not like jumping through the roof on them like oh we'll see what they are in person they usually come out later in the spring in the u.s so we'll see them soon enough usually around the atlanta pin show but it's a little earlier this year so i don't know if they'll be ready or not but uh yeah you know i'm i guess i'm appropriately whelmed and you know it's a thing and they'll keep doing the thing and they'll 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 sell out of these like they're good they'll be fine i don't know what i expect though i guess i'm expecting a little i'm on a i'm on a little needle movement i guess in the safari and the uh the AL star or yeah. all star. Which one do I get yelled at about? I don't know. I, I think it's AL star, right? Like that's mm. what it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Well, well then I've just said that and I could be completely wrong too. See, see how long have we done this show? And I still don't know. I'm still mm-hmm. not comfortable saying that ever. So I think it's AL star. Um, Last one, big eye design. I'm a big fan of the things they make. They launched a TI mini pen on Kickstarter and I was surprised at the price point on this. It's really good. Um, so I went over and backed it while I could still get the early bird, which was like $25 for a machined, a machined mini pen with a D1 refill. Like you're speaking Brad's pen language, right? When you say mini pen and aluminum barrel and D1 refill, like those are all the things I want in, in my, uh, in my pen carry. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's even, uh, titanium so it's uh it's just they're uh big supporters of the show and big supporters of pen addict i i've gotten to meet chadwick several times and i've talked to joe through through email so i support pretty much everything they do um you know they have a carte blanche to my wallet and this time it was less of a hit than normal (laughs) i was very happy with the price of this pen it seems it seems great so i'm anxious to try it out i haven't tested one out yet um but maybe if chadwick uh hears this he'll I'll toss one in the mail to me and we'll we'll get an early look at it but uh i regardless i've backed this and i just wanted to point it out because when i was on twitch yesterday i i had just gotten the emails and hadn't gone and looked at it so we started looking and i was like yeah this is really good like i'm real real happy with what they've done here like this is exactly what i want in a mini pen so yeah that's that's all me right there not for you though uh i looked at it and thought it was cute right yeah like it's not size, your style but it's it's not my style of pen, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have a re. It doesn't really have a refill option that I'm super intrigued about. Right. I think the amount of options that they do have a list on the site is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot going on, and I think it's a. And I'm happy to see people continuing to work in pens of this size because there is like a genuine use case to just being able to have a tiny pen you can throw in your pocket that isn't right. just a Fisher Space pen or something that looks like it. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's cool, uh, but it, it's not for me. Is it a is it a knock or a twist mechanism? Oh, uh, it's a good question. I think it's a twist. Yeah, I'm I looking at the website the... and it's a, it's a twist mechanism. Yeah, because they, they machine would, that uh, back in, which... Yeah. As we know, Brad, is not what people in Japan were looking for, right? They want they want push twist combos knock, knock, twisting knock yeah knock knock yeah. twisting knock knock twist otherwise yeah. there's no point so we got great feedback on that show title by the way yep because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was the best one <laughs> well i think we'll next week we'll we'll share a little bit of news on one of the knock knock twisting knock pens uh that we've we've talked about re- uh, recently but i think we'll we'll share that till next week we still have time to discuss that a little bit more okay This has been a weird episode today. Weird episode. So we're going to hold off on the Ask TPA today. Mm. Um, I don't know that it's like a... We're we're at a good time anyway and a a good flow, good spot to end it. So I've got a bunch of Ask TPA in this doc. We'll hold till next week. We promise we'll get to them next week um, unless some other company decides to retire between now and then. No, don't even. Mm. 
yeah, I feel like it's it's kind of funny to imagine uh, that there would be like emergency, you know, like in in in, uh, <laughs> in like political podcasts, they have mm-hmm. like emergency episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like if we weren't recording today, like if this news broke this evening, right, about mm-hmm. Retro Fifty One, mm-hmm. we probably would have had to have done an emergency episode, right? Totally agree. Yeah, like this. There's, I mean, I couldn't even come up with a list of of things that would make us stop in our tracks and have to talk and, and share our thoughts on. Um, I would not have come up with this. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. If you want to find our show notes for this week's episode, relay.fm slash pen addict slash three, nine, four. Uh, you can find Brad online. He's at pen addict on Instagram at dowdyism on Twitter. Hello at pen for email. Brad uh, streams live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday and Thursday over at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Um, I don't think anybody has internalized your general media presence more than I have. Yeah, uh, you can it's also really go to knock.co for Brad's uh, pen cases. Um, you can go to spokepen.com. <laughs> Spoke design. Spokedesign.com, right? Yes. And you can get the spoke pen right there restock restock coming hopefully this this week this week or next week so we're halfway through this week so later this week or early next week and i will say if you're still looking through for a theme system journal to kick off your year we have a very small amount left uh you can go to uh cortexmerch.com and pick one of those up as well tiny amount left brad very small amount left yeah i need to get back in there already there's maybe about 15% of our stock left from okay. from the last restock. So we've got a little bit left, but they will yeah. be gone. That'll be gone in a week or so. Weeks, yeah. yeah. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Harry's for their support of the show. And we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>